Jesus, God or man? It's actually a really important topic. Jesus in John 17 verse 3 says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. It's really important for us to understand and know Christ. And this, is, this topic will hopefully help us to understand him a little bit more. So for me, the Bible presents two key aspects about Christ or Jesus' nature. The first is that he was the son of God and the second is that he was the son of man. Um, a really clear quote, there's lots of quotes in the Bible that bring out both these aspects, but a quote which I think really clearly brings out both is 2 Samuel 7 verse 12 to 14. If you've got a Bible, you can turn there with me. 2 Samuel 7, verse 12 to 14. And we'll read it together when I'm there. So this obviously is in the Old Testament. Um, and in this passage, God is speaking to King David. So let's, let's read it. Verse, 2 Samuel 7, verse 12. God says, When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. So we're looking at the nature of Christ here and I think in verse 12 it really clearly brings out that he he was the son of man. He was the descendant of David in a way. When God says um, that this promised seed, which is, it is talking about Christ, it says, who will come from your body. It would come from David. And then in verse 14, it picks up the fact that this promised seed, Christ, would also be um, God's son. When it says, I'll be his father and he shall be my son. So hopefully that's fairly clear. I don't think we need to look into it too much more than that in this passage. Christ is both the son of man, a descendant of David, and also God says that he is his son. The Gospels in the New Testament also tell the story of this prophecy in 2 Samuel 7 being fulfilled. A woman named Mary miraculously conceived and gave birth to a son named Jesus. So the Bible, I think, is quite clear that Jesus is the Son of God and also the Son of Man, making him a man. But many Christians believe that Jesus is God. So what we want to look at today is, well, is this claim that Jesus is God, is it true? For me, we can answer this question by looking at just two simple um, themes, I guess. The first is that God the Father has ultimate authority. And the second is that Christ struggled like us other humans. So let's first of all take a look at um, the Father's authority. And to do this, we'll first of all turn to John 20, verse 17. John 20 verse 17, this is Christ in his own words. He says, and it says, Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and to my God 
and your God. So, as we said, Christ speaking, but why would he call the Father God if they were both God and equal? It doesn't really make sense. If Jesus was God, he wouldn't say, I'm going to my God if he was God himself. Um, earlier in the same book, in John 14, Christ also says to his disciples, If you loved me, you would rejoice, because I said, I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. He's very clear there at the end, my Father is greater than I. The Father and the Son are clearly from that statement not equal, as many, many people claim. There's also another interesting um, couple of passages in 1 Corinthians as well that um, deal with this topic of the Father's authority and whether he and his son are equal. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 3 says, But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, the head of woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. So if we think of this about this idea of a head and how we might hear it used in everyday language today, one thing that springs to my mind is you might talk about the head of a company. And then if you think about, um, so I'm a graduate engineer, there's the head of my company and then I'm the graduate engineer. I'm not equal with the head of my company. I'm very much below that. And that's a similar thing here. Christ isn't at the bottom of the pile as we might put it, but it says that God is the head of Christ and then Christ is our head. So there's a clear hierarchy there and God and Christ are not on equal footing. Um, they, they, God, the Father, does have ultimate authority. And also in 1 Corinthians, if we just want to turn to 1 Corinthians 15 verse 28, there's one more interesting uh, verse on this idea of um, the Father's authority and whether God and Christ are equal. So 1 Corinthians 15 verse 28 says, Now when all things are made subject to him, then the Son himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him, that God may be all in all. This, this verse is cl very clear. Christ does have a lot of authority now. He, basically, God's handed the keys over to him, but eventually he will, the Father will take those um, keys, as it were, back again, and he will, and he does at the moment, rule over everything. He will be all in all. He will fill everything. So hopefully those verses help to make it clear. There's lots of others as well that while Christ does have a lot of authority, the Father still is his head. They're not equal. Um, the Father is God and Christ is his Son. The other aspect of Christ's nature which we want to have a look at today to answer our question of whether Jesus is God or man is to look at the way he struggled as a human, like like you or I might. Um, the first quote we want to go to to have a look at uh, this idea is Hebrews 2, verse 14 to 8 and 18. Hebrews 2, we'll read verse 14 first. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. So the he there is Christ. Um, we won't prove that now, I'll just say it. And if you want to have a look into it, you can. 
But it, this verse is very clear, I think. It says, He himself likewise shared in the same, our flesh and blood, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. So this verse is alluding to the fact that we struggle with sin every single day of our lives. And as a result, we die. Whereas Christ lived, although he was a human and struggled with that, he lived a perfect life to save us. Uh, let's also read verse 18 together as well. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. So again, it's very clear. Christ did experience those human temptations we also experience. But as we know, he didn't give in to them. And as a result, he can save us from our sins, as verse 14 alluded to. There's a couple of other um, quotes that... Um, I think, show the, the struggle Christ went through very clearly. Matthew 26, verse 39, um, Christ is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's praying to his Father just before he goes, goes to the cross and he says, um, he talks about his struggle and he says at the end of that verse, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. So God and Christ, the Father and Christ, they didn't, they didn't Christ didn't naturally have the same will as his father. He instead submitted to his father's will. Uh, I think Christ is very clear in Luke 18 verse 19 as well when it says, So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. From these verses I think it's very clear to say that God and the father and Christ are not equal. Christ would not call himself good here in Luke 18 verse 19. He was, while he lived on this earth before his death, a mortal human who suffered temptation. So what can we conclude from looking at this? Well, I believe, and hopefully it's been clear for you from the verses we've looked at, that Jesus is not God, but that he is a very special man. He is God's only son and also our saviour. He is currently exalted at God's right hand in heaven, and he is now immortal as well. He's not just a mere human being. He's a very, the, the most special human ever to live. His exalted uh, stature now, is, he summarizes in Matthew 28 verse 18 when he says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So currently he has all authority, obviously, beneath God. And to finish, I'd just like to have a look at a couple of quotes. The first one uh, is 1 Timothy 2 verse 5, which says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, the man, Jesus, Christ Jesus. So what do we see from this verse? We see that Christ is the Son of God and he's also the Son of Man. And this is so that he can actually mediate between us. I think that's a really good way to summarise Christ and his nature and his role. It's actually a mediator between God and man. Um, he, has, he is the son of God and he's also the son of man. It's a very special role he has to play. And finally, I'd just like to turn to Galatians 4 and we'll read verse 4 and 5. Galatians 4 verse 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. 
So again, this, this, um, these couple of verses pick up the fact that Jesus is God's son and he's also born of a woman. But the purpose, God was very specific in making, giving him both of these um, uh, lines of descent. Um, and the purpose of this was so that he might redeem us from our sins, uh, which is so encouraging when we think about it. Um, there is a hope and a way to escape death. So hopefully today um, we piqued your interest a bit in this topic. Um, by no means have we covered all the arguments or quotes. Um, really today was just to um, stimulate your mind to think about it a little bit more and to hopefully uh, encourage you to have a look into this important topic for yourself.